Show episode number 184. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. That's right. The dynamic duo is back again. We're really not that dynamic, to be honest. We're kind of can we be the static duo? We're just yeah, we're, we're, we're just kind of the same. We're boring right now. We're very <laughs> drawn out and tired. <laughs> not not very dynamic. Not very dynamic at all. We are in Las Vegas, more specifically. We are at the Casa de Cold Coffee at the moment. Of course, we are covering UFC 229, Habib versus McGregor. It's going to be quite possibly the biggest event in UFC history. Dana White keeps telling us it will be, and we'll get to that. He wouldn't lie. He, oh, yeah, he would not mislead us at all. He and now now when they, they make it seem like, oh, three million pay-per-views, and we're easily three and a half million Connors pay-per-views. three and a half. Well, I, of course, he's going to be shooting high end. Can you imagine? Yeah. He said today. That might be a $50 million payday for him, man. That's amazing. So what do you think that works out to? I was trying to do the math in my head. So what is it, $60 a pay-per-view? Right. All right, so $60 a pay-per-view times, say, $3 million, so That's roughly $180 million, Okay, unless my math is really, really bad. Maybe it is. Um, right? 60 Yeah, $180 million. So if he's getting like $50 million, that means he's getting an over a third share of what's going on. That's pretty strong. It is, especially when he wants to, in his mind, I think he's been pushing for, like, co-promoter sort of thing. That's about as close as you're probably going to get. That would treat him like a co-promoter right there. But you know what? Hey, you know what? I'm not going to lie. If that's the case, he deserves it. I mean, he's the one that gets this attention right now. Nobody else. Well, think about it. They're still on the UFC side. They're probably like, well, shit, if we still get 100 and whatever. Of course. 100 and something million out of it, give – you know, Habib, even though I doubt he's going to get like $30 million or whatever, I don't know what the, his workout is. I bet Habib, what his, you know what, I bet Because it's not going to be the same. He's gonna, not, not going to get the same, the same percentage. I, would, I bet Habib is probably, and this is this is not educated info, this is simply a guess, 7 to $8 million. I was thinking roughly 10 15 Yeah. Oh, boy, that's, boy, if he did that, man. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking because before, when even when Nate did great numbers – that was that was nowhere near three and a half million. No. Well, I don't think the guarantee will be anywhere there. So, yeah, oh, you're yeah. saying the pay-per-views. Yeah. I'm saying with the pay-per-views. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see what the guaranteed pay sheet will be. I'm sure Connor will have some new record uh, high guaranteed pay sheet. Yeah. You know, maybe it's $5 million, uh, something like that. We'll see. But you're right. It's going to be all based on that back end. There's no question about it. So, uh, it's, what if it's even more? The guarantee. You think the, you think the guarantee would be more than five? I wonder. Because, I mean, it's just – at that point, it's really it's just them. window dressing. Yeah. It's, just, it's just window right, dressing, right? Because especially because he already knows what he's going to get, him, and that's just upfront money, right? You know, like you said, guaranteed money. I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was like ten million. Wow, that's going to be crazy. Because if he does that, that's a precedent for later on down the road. Not that many people are that. Well, that's what I was to say. Not that Conor McGregor has many peers right now when it comes to promotional value. Right. But if somebody does reach that SAS, I mean, at one point Ronda was unbeatable uh, in terms of production value, promotional value. At one point yeah. Brock was, and now you are. So. Uh, crazy. All right, let's say this. I'm sure you might say, John, cold coffee. Where are the guest journalists? Where are your friends from around the world that are hanging out? Well, the truth is, man, they're all working. Damn it. I mean, they're we we had to, and we were working. Damn it. That's it's uh it's been a busy day, man. From the media day in the morning to the press conference at night, and everybody's trying to get their work done. And uh, listen, we we wanted to set up at Beer House, which is a fantastic little joint right yep. across from Park Theater and T-Mobile Arena, but 
As it turned out, tonight was also the first night of the Vegas Golden Knights regular season, and it didn't go so well for them. Or, or, or Yeah, by the time you hear this, unless something drastically changes, last we saw it was like eight minutes left, and they were down three goals. So yeah, not so good. Not a great way tough. to start the night. But bottom line is uh, there just wasn't a lot of space for us to hang out, so yeah. we had to retreat to the Casa de Cold Coffee and, uh, and set up shop here. So I will apologize in advance that we couldn't bring one of our Global friends that, yeah. that we like you to talk to. to from town. I definitely wanted I we to. We're hoping to get like at least the submission radio boys on. Oh yeah, they're having the other guys. Yeah, but it just just didn't work. They had they had to work just like we did. So, yeah. um, it is a big media turnout. I mean, there are media here from all around the globe. It's uh, as packed as as I remember any media session. Not quite as packed as say uh, Maymac, for example. But that's because boxing yeah. does things a little different. They basically. They basically will allow anybody that applies, for the most part, to get in. They, they like the show of force or whatever. The UFC doesn't quite do that. But what we're seeing is interest from around, around the world. T- today, it was, it was amazing. You know, after we finished the press conference, you know, we've actually been doing radio recaps. Of course, you've been filming in them. Myself and Mike Bond have been doing regular uh, video recaps every single day this week. It's just about kind of what's going on. <laughs> funny you said radio recaps. Oh, did I say radio yeah. recaps? Too That's funny. how much we do radio recaps. That's how much we it's do radio recaps. Daily recaps. Daily recaps <laughs> of what's going on. Too funny. Um, and it's, it's not something that we normally do, but, uh, you know, maybe we can do more of it if people dig it. Um, but it's funny because, you know, we were setting up. <laughs> Even if you don't dig it, we're yeah. still going to do we'll it. Do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny to look around. I mean, you know, you had your camera position there, and and uh, and me and Mike Bond set up in front, and then you know, right next to us was was some Latin media. Yeah. Uh, the fighting crew uh, was over there, over here. Uh, some people I didn't recognize. Oh no no no! Uh, it was the uh, the fan house people were yeah. right here to the left, and then some people I didn't recognize, and then submission radio boys. I think we and started then you look first. down here. I think they've followed just, our lead. There were people. Every, I mean, there everywhere. were cameras everywhere. It was you know, cool. it was. Uh, it, it looked. It damn near looked like a like a presidential election coverage or something. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like people were all standing up doing their one shot or doing yeah. their two shot. Uh, it's crazy how much interest there is. So, I. I know that people are saying that, that, that Dane is crazy, and we're kind of joking about it now. I mean, you know, he's saying, look, I'll say two, two and a half. Then you got Connor up there going, ah, I'm, I'm hearing three, three and a half, that sort of thing. Um, I will say, though, man, I don't, I will not be shocked if this thing does those kind of numbers, man. The, the numbers uh, of, of interviews that I've been doing and, and people from around the nation and people from around the world that are showing interest in this fight, I get it. It's a far fetched number. But didn't we feel like Maymac was a far-fetched number when people were telling him it was going to be three or four million, and then yeah. it ends up doing it? And I kind of feel like we're in that position again. I think the problem is inside the bubble, a lot of us have a a, a problem realizing how big Connor is, man. I mean, I I think this is one of those fights that people that don't buy pay-per-views will buy. I mean, my mom might buy this pay-per-view, my dad might buy this pay-per-view. You know what I mean? People that don't watch fights will buy this because it's Conor McGregor. I, I, you know, I agree with you, but I also, I, do, I just don't know. I don't know if we're going to reach anywhere near. I think with the thing with the Floyd Mayweather, you had two huge stars besides the whole crossover thing. And let's be honest, uh, Habib's star power is nowhere right. near Floyd Mayweather's. Agreed. So I think in this case, you're going to have people that want to see Connor, and there's going to be a lot of people want to see Connor, but you're not going to get the crazy people. That are just tuning in to see this because it's about Connor fighting this other legend and this whole boxing thing. 
you know, I think you're still going to have to have people that are somewhat into the sport to, to, to really fully get it. I mean, I think we'll have some people that are just Connor fans and they want to watch Connor fight. So they're going to watch Connor fight. I think when we had, when it was Connor and Floyd, you had boxing fans that wanted to watch it and you had Floyd fans that wanted to watch it. I think there will be people that are Habib fans that want to watch it. I just don't see it coming out in full, you know, so many crazy numbers. I mean, the Russians are all going to just hack it and steal it anyways. <laughs> They're not actually going to pay for it. Well, they don't They don't have to pay pay-per-view anyway. We're the only idiots that pay pay-per-view. But I, I guess he, here's what I think, and, and I think you're right. I mean, you're definitely right about that. You know, Habib is not even comparable to Floyd Mayweather in terms right. of star value. But I do think about this. Maybe it's the – the the storyline right okay I mean you're right it's it's not a superstar but when you when you sell the character and that's of course what the UFC is doing right it is a guy that's undefeated which there's very few of those in martial arts right and it is the Russian and I do still think there's a little bit of that you know bro he's this Russian monster right. I mean it's it goes back to Rocky Four right I mean it, we, we joke I mean not that Habib is anything like Ivan Drago or whatever but it's just you, you can sell that storyline. It's a storyline that kind of makes sense in our brains. Like, oh, what? He's taking on an undefeated Russian, you know, monster. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, you know, I might be in for that. Whereas, no disrespect, but, you know, if it was Tony Ferguson, if it was Dustin Poirier, if it yeah. was maybe even Nate Diaz, except with Nate Diaz, man, they have those awesome two History, fights before. Yeah. I don't think you would be looking at the same kind of sales because I, I don't think the time, I don't think the the the, the storyline, so to speak, is the same. Yeah, that that I totally agree upon. I just think that if they were really trying to do that route, I think they would have, you know, Khabib certainly. I mean, he's going out there, he's taking this very very seriously, but he's not. He's embraced the fact that he's not trying to sell this fight. He's not going to go out there and shit talk. He's not going to play the monster role. He's not going to pay play the. You know the the red gummy roll over here that's coming to destroy democracy <laughs> right. or or whatever, and especially now that he's he's not even fighting Americans. So I think most <laughs> Americans are like, whatever. We like that Connor guy, you right. know. Um, I don't know. It's it's just interesting. I think it's going to do great, but I still feel that uh, you know people have to know who Habib is because right now the UFC, like the lead up for this, the promotion for this has just been really weird. Like it's leaning all on. This Connor footage of breaking into the bus, you know, sort of this other stuff. But I haven't felt like the UFC has really built up Habib in my eyes. Like, I haven't felt mm -hmm. the promotion pushing him, really promoting the fact that he is undefeated. You see a couple little things, but I feel like it's sandwiched in there within four or five Connor promos. Yeah. You might have a little teeny inkling of Habib's story. And I just I just feel like – I and it, it right baffles me. I just, like – you want this guy, you want people, you know, you would think you would want to play both sides, but they're they're clearly showing their hand and who is their golden child in this because I just feel like the promotion is so heavily skewed in Connor's favor that I'm not feeling the buildup like we should for a, a fight that they're expecting to be the biggest fight ever. I hadn't thought about you it, know? but now that I'm sitting here and you, and you voiced that, you're right, you know, because I, I think about it. The promotion, now they've had some great promo materials, right? Yeah. But it's all built around one or two things, either Conor McGregor is Conor McGregor or the bus incident, right? right? I think just back to Dallas, how much was Darren Till built up as this amazing challenger? You know right. what I mean? Like that, it was like the storyline was all around like, right. okay, yes, you know Tyron, but do you know this beast that he's exactly. about to be fighting? That's, that's a good example because I felt in that case they built him up to where he seemed like an equal and almost – 
he was guaranteed to take him down. You know, like you know, you you probably have some people out there saying like, oh, that's because Dana wants Tyron gone. You know, of course they were pumping up the, you know, the other guy, but. You're right. In that case, I felt you could like, have had highlight reels of yeah. slams and takedowns and I mean, Habib there just was certainly them. enough stuff out there that they could have did something. They could have did more stories. They could have went to his hometown, you know, talked to the people, you know, talked to people that did something. I mean, just something to give us more hype on that end. And and I just that's interesting. I just feel like they didn't do a good enough job pushing it. And with him coming out and playing it, you know keeping everything close to his sleeve. He's not going out there. He's he's putting his head down when Connor's talking shit and he's just wait till you know, wait to the date. Wait to the date, you know, and just playing it very, very quiet. Like Something that's not gonna bring in the casual. That's not gonna the casual's just gonna be like, oh, you know, and sorry Tony, I don't think you're the first person that coined casuals and hardcores. I think that's been going <laughs> out for a while. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you credit when I say casuals right there. You know, I'll give all credit to uh Catman Sandu. Oh, <laughs> Tony Ferguson's been on a roll this Chapman, week. Chapman can do. Chapman can do. Chapman can do. He's been calling out our buddy Shamak Carsandu, <laughs> calling him Chapman can do. I love it. But I, I don't know. It, it just uh, – Let me ask you a question because you, I, I think you're right. You hit on something here that I hadn't really thought about, and, and now it intrigues me. You're years away from your time at the UFC, but yeah. I wonder. I mean, sometimes I think things are conscious decisions about the way they want to build things, but also – I mean, you're talking about content creators and video editors and things like that. Yeah. Do you think that maybe it wasn't necessarily intentional? It's just that everybody knows that Conor McGregor is basically, you know, the the financial uh, cash line right now for the company. That the people building those promos yeah. just thought, hey, we got to build around our guy. Or do you think it was a conscious decision? I think par- uh, probably a little bit of both. One, I mean, they're going to look at what footage do we have, right? You know, and part of that's going to tell. Where have you sent crews out? Where, where do we have footage of? You know, we got fighting. You know, we got footage of Connor here, 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 and here, and here, and training here, here, here. All right, what do we have on the other side? Well, we got this little footage. We got some fight footage. A couple you press know, conferences here and there. It. And I mean, let's be real. I mean, like it used to always be as well when they put a promo, who always watched it and got a final say on it. You know. Dana always Dana. had his hands on yep. it. You know, I think eventually, you know, uh, other VPs and other production guys underneath them learned to kind of skew things a, a particular way. They know what Dana likes, so let's go that right. certain way. So I could see where they would maybe shape it a certain way if he's always kind of did. But a lot of it comes to, you know, what footage you have and sort of the idea. But I think they're probably – a lot of these guys are getting pitched ideas about Connor or they're just going that route because they know if it's Connor – it's going to get probably a good chance of airing. It's probably going to get a good chance to get the green light to produce the promo, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely just feel that, you know, one, there's more footage because they've taken the time to follow Connor and invest the money in capturing this guy all over the place, you know, whereas I just don't think it was done the same in the other. And, I mean, it's understandable. I mean, Habib's probably a lot more – Private. He's not going to give you, you know, he's not gonna, beautiful you know, lines and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I mean, you still build him up as the undefeated but you Russian still monster. Gotta, you still the mystery. Do your part. I mean, yeah. Fedor never said anything, right? But right. Fedor had the that 
aura about him, right. you know. So all right. he had lots of great old footage. As he well, did have too. a lot of great so you, footage. That, that goes to there's got to be footage. There's got to be stuff that you can lean upon. All right, so you're not buying into. I mean, listen, where Connor's talking three, three and a half million. That's that's. I don't want to say it's crazy talk because I've 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 learned my lesson. Anything with right. Connor's possible. That's but true. do you feel at least the record is one point six, and that was Diaz McGregor too. That was definitely huge off the charts. This feel, should beat that. You feel like it beats that, right? It I mean, I, I say two is conservative. Two's conservative? I think yeah, two's two's very realistic. Yeah. Two and a half is probably top top of it's the It's probably where I'm thinking it, it might go. Yeah. Because the indicators that you know, and da- and listen, when Dana, I know a lot of people try to criticize <laughs> that Dana's just like pulling these numbers out of a yeah. hat. There are th- tools that they're using. Yeah. I mean, there are analytics in terms of you know how many Google search views are we getting, how right. many hits is USC.com getting, how many uh, views are our promo right. videos getting. How well, you know? I even asked him in that scrum. I said when you said when you said it was trending, what does that equate to? Right. Does that equate to pre-buys or like people just interest? And I think he said pre-buys. So if that's the point where they're like, okay, at this point we've already reached a bunch of people pre-buying, maybe they've already done pretty darn good numbers. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, I know a lot of us, and we've even done uh, the radio guys do daily baits on when people actually pull the trigger and pull the wallet out and yeah. purchase it, and it usually happens a lot closer. Like it would probably be happening today or tomorrow. Yeah, I never, I think a I lot never of bought pay-per-views. But when I, I when used I, the day of. The day of. I mean, like, yeah. why spend your money right now if shit's going to happen tomorrow? You never know. What if you never oh, know? Oh, I got invited to a party. I don't need it anymore. Or, you know what I mean? Or somebody. Yeah, or I, I got called into work or whatever. Well, I was just thinking, like, if Khabib or somebody can't oh, make well. weight. <laughs> that too. That too. But yeah, I mean, parties, parties pop up. Gas money is needed. Yeah. You know, there's, there's little things that happen. But, uh, yeah, I, in my mind, I would always want to wait just to make sure – that you don't put the money in, and then you know something fall out, and then have to try to do a refund yeah. process after the fact. That's, that's just, not fun. That's a, that's a pain in the ass. All right, well, we'll see. We'll we'll talk about the financials after. Right now, let's talk about the fight card. Uh, I should say, by the way, and I didn't mention it. I'm sure some people might assume that we're drinking uh, proper number twelve, uh, as everybody else seems to be in the mm-hmm. MMA sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that uh, we are not. We are not drinking proper number twelve, and and I'm not hating. Because I do want to drink proper number twelve, but I got to be honest, uh, payday is tomorrow. Yeah, to payday is tomorrow. So today we went with the award-winning, award-winning past blue ribbon, the American red, white, and blue. And it's funny because I, I I stopped in the CVS to pick this up on the way back. I didn't even think to try to look because they have some liquor bottles oh, in there. CVS I forgot to look. I forgot to 12. look to see if they had it in there. And that's another reason. Yeah, we get paid and literally. It's been work, go home, work, go home. We yeah. just haven't had the fucking time to try to even go to like a liquor I store. Haven't. And I didn't even think about it. Like I literally walked by liquor bottles to get beer. And the last thing in my mind, all I thought was about was like, <laughs> we have to get back to the house, edit these videos, and then get to the podcast. But we just need something to drink while Gotta we're fuel. doing it. Gotta have so a I didn't fuel. even think about the fact that I was walking by possibly a bottle of proper 12. I definitely do want to try proper number 12. Not necessarily because I feel like, you know, we need to do some review that everybody's doing right now, but I I do like a good whiskey and he is going after Jameson and you and I both do like a little I Jameson. I do like Jameson. That makes me not he's want been, to like it, he's but He's been really going aggressive, man. F the Jameson brothers, right? What have upset. they done to him? I was going to say also, the other thing about drinking proper number 12 is it kind of feels like a commercial for Connor and he's definitely not paying us to do that for him. So I was I was thinking about maybe we could drink. No, there was a few journalists that did that for him. Uh, Habib. Let's talk whiskey. <laughs> oh, no, that was how terrible. Great. Let's tell us how great you is. What was he doing is. talking whiskey in a press conference? And then, and then Connor was like, come have a drink. And he was like, all right, I will. 
Sit your ass down, yeah, son. Yeah, because he told, because he thought he said that. Uh, some people said it wasn't, didn't yeah. taste like that or whatever. He's like, don't come get any. That was great. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> not I, you, not you. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, uh, just in 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 retort to the proper number twelve and everybody drinking proper number twelve on their podcasts and radio shows and other things. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say we could drink Habib's proper number one bottled water. <laughs> I was gonna say. I thought about that when the radio guys, uh, Junkie Radio, has been having like proper twelve off the side. I was like, they should have some vodka or something. Yeah. Well, I was he like, doesn't oh, wait. drink, but he doesn't drink. So that's why I say proper number one bottle of water. Which uh, mm. you know the the well, you couldn't say proper. You'd have to you have to use some very Russian some Russian term. So it would be proper. I was I, I was even gonna go with a tagline. I just call it for no like no alcohol. <laughs> Yet one. I, I was well. See, then that screws up my tagline. What's your tag I, my tagline was going to be, "When thirst hit you like Irish chicken, drink proper number one. It's not number one bullshit." <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. See, I, I had like a sales it. pitch for it and everything. That's funny. I was going to launch the product. Yeah. You know, All you right. Work on it. Let's talk. Okay. What we've seen this week. Uh, we we had open workouts yesterday. The open workouts were were entertaining. Um, you know, Habib did what you'd expect him to do. He grappled. He didn't. He didn't do much, if any, striking at all. None. None. As he kept, you say, he kept saying like much. I'm like, bro, he didn't do anything. That's what I said. I said he's not going to show any fucking striking at all. And he didn't throw one punch. You're right. He all. didn't throw one punch. I guess in my head, you know, he did have his hands up and he was showing some head movement. Oh, yeah, and he was just like moving, waiting for the takedown. I'm going to come sweep your leg. I'm going to come do what I was like, bro. Through not one. Punch, so he didn't really tip his hand. Meanwhile, Connor, Connor did his open workout. Uh, looked, looked, you know, it looked. He looked bigger to me. I feel like he's put on some muscle. I could be wrong, yeah. but, but I feel like since Maymac, it, it looks like his frame's filled out a little bit more. I think he's put on some some weight, some strong muscle. I shouldn't say yeah. weight. Um, he's getting man straight. He's, he's, get, he's, he's dirty now, right? Yeah, he's dirty. He's dirty. He's dirty. Tanks. Fellas. Uh, so he's been that, but he he's looked good. man strength now. You definitely were reminded uh, of how powerful he is and how accurate he is, except that you did note, and I, I saw it a little bit too, him and Owen Roddy had a couple moments that yeah. were a little a little off. I mean, that doesn't mean much in the course of a fight, but uh, yeah. it was just – it was funny. I mean, they were definitely – they were definitely working some knees. They were definitely working some uppercuts, which you would think would play in to countering a wrestler. No question about it. Yeah, for but sure. But there were a couple moments on the pads. Yeah, where it, it was just weird. There was a couple moment, moments, you know, and people are probably going to criticize and say, no, it looked great. There were moments where it did look great. But if you watch the whole thing back, there were definitely some miscommunications. Even sometimes Roddy's like, oh, my bad. You know, but I think there was definitely some times where they were, they just – it felt like they hadn't worked out together in a mm-hmm. while. That's what it read to me. I was like, you know, granted – you know, one guy might have an off day and maybe, you know, hold him mitts, you know, just off. But I'm like, if you're doing this over and over and over, like, you don't see it that often where right. where uh, a, Couple a, misses a fighter here and, there. And, and his mitt holder are not communicating like that. And there was a, a few times where we were just like, wow, man, have these guys not really been working out together? And we're not making I mean, a ton can, of this, but it's just we're looking for anything we can, right? I mean, in these sessions, we're looking, looking for, for any, any microscopic yeah. thing we can. I mean, when because if we take them all in their face value – they're all in the best shape that it is, you know, that's been the best training camp ever. And then when you get them up there and you see, and they're like, wow, you know, like remember Max Holloway when, when he eventually fell out, but we watched that open workout and we're all like, something's wrong. Right. You know, so there's, there's definitely various signs that pop out when we're watching these things that you're just like, that you scratch your head and then you go back later on. You're like, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Maybe there was something to it. So, yeah. I mean, if anything, I mean, I think we're trained to, 
you know, try to notice something that's out of the norm. And this was out of the norm that's for it. me. It just, they didn't seem whatever. But when he was, I mean, there, there were times when you could tell that they, it just felt a little off, but then they would go to something that was so ingrained yeah. that it was just, it was vicious. Then you're like, okay, even if shit was off, if that makes contact, he's good. Oh, okay, even though this was a little whatever, oh, if that makes contact, if that combo works, it's going to work, you know. So even though there were, my, there were points where, to me, I was like, okay, something seems a little off, there were still way many more points the opposite way that were like, okay, that looked really solid. And if that combination works, you know, Khabib's going to be in, 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 in for a rough night, you yep. know. So It was interesting. And then uh, then we had the, the, the press conference today, um, which – we know what happened by now. I'm sure everybody's seen it. Of course, Conor McGregor was late. I think he was about a half hour late. Uh, Habib actually minutes late. Habib actually went on the stage by himself. Dana kind of had to chase him out after there uh, to get the thing started. And and Habib left after 15 minutes. Um, listen, I got to say, man, I, I respect Habib for doing this. Um, I think that was smart. You know, he didn't play in the, in the Conor's game plan. And I think that was a brilliant move on his part. Yep. And, and it's funny because – at first, I was like, oh, this is a disaster. You know, of course, because we were all waiting for that face-off moment. Yeah. And, and and I know Dana was playing spin control. I mean, that's his job to stand there and go, hey, it's not that bad. It's, it's still going to be good tomorrow. But I will say, you know, kind of after I had a second to, to cool off and settle down after the press conference, it probably wasn't the worst thing. I mean, number one, God forbid something stupid would have happened, you know what I mean, and, and somebody gets hurt, somebody gets cut, or some, you know, somebody throws something or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean. God forbid anything like that happened. There was no opportunity for that to happen. Um, and the other thing, too, is, you know, we didn't have a replay of New York where Connor's just yelling over Habib and, yeah. and that sort of thing. Honestly, at the end of the day, I never would have asked for it to be like it did today, but at first I thought, man, this is a disaster. How many pay-per-views did it, did it cost them right now that people aren't – talking about it but they're still talking about it they're talking yeah. about it because it was something different it was something abnormal and it yeah. even builds toward the ceremonial weigh-ins uh on friday i think even a little bit more you're right and i it was funny because when he, he first came out i was a little worried because i thought it still would be the point that i think they were probably worried about new york where once habib started talking the crowd started chanting. They started yelling. I was like, oh, this is what I was afraid of in New York or, yep. or wherever, that the fact that you still wouldn't be able to hear him and you would only hear the fans. But they kind of calmed down after a moment. That You know, they did their chants every once in a while, but for the most part, they let them speak. You know, you had a few uh, random hecklers, you know, saying shit on the bus. And, <laughs> and I think there was <laughs> a shit a on the good, bus chant. They had a pretty good chant going for a little bit. It was pretty strong. Know, so they, they did their part, you know, to kind of – Support uh, <laughs> support their man Connor and kind of put uh, Habib down, but uh, you're right. I, I felt like you got to hear him. He got to answer uh, questions. He got to speak. So I felt in his sake that was good because I felt like he's the kind of guy that he's so focused. He just wanted to get there and fight. That he, if it, it did happen and Connor was there, he would just sit there and just Absolutely. let him just, just get talk. Quiet. You know. So in, in this and even case, we got to hear some cool stuff from Connor because instead of Connor being worried about silencing the other man and putting yeah. the other man down. He got to just talk about himself and talk yeah. about his accomplishments and talk about – and I think that's good. That's where yeah. he shines. And it's it was interesting when he, he said that uh, – he's like, oh, he didn't say anything in New York, but he was probably up here talking all kinds of stuff. So in his head, he's definitely thinking that Habib was probably out there right. doing whatever instead of just saying like, ah, oh, he didn't say shit in New York. I'm sure he didn't say shit here, whatever. But the fact that he said, oh, I'm sure he was talking – 
his mind was probably playing different scenarios in his own head, you know, so I'm sure, you know, so that maybe played a little bit into his head, you know, just like, uh, you know, I saw our, our tweet that went earlier where it's like it was the counterpunch to what happened in York. That's right. So maybe by the fact him leaving and not having Connor been able to hear what he actually said, that it played into Connor's mind that, oh, okay, maybe he was up here talking. Now nah, I didn't get to rebut any of it, you know, well, whatever with him, you know, the, the silly – Whatever rat cunt or whatever he was calling <laughs> it's him. It's just a rat Dagestani. I don't think. Did you say cunt? I thought he no. He said cunt in there at some point. Yeah, yeah. I because I remember he's when I was not when Australian. I, or, I, I mean, well, English I, well, he just calls too. him cunt. Yeah, I mean, I like, but I, uh, yeah, his wasn't the the oh you sick cunt like a fun like whatever. <laughs> his was like the bad c word cunt. Mm. Um, but yeah, I swear I when I when one. I was watching it and he said it. I thought I thought he dropped a, a C bomb. Maybe he did. I, normally, I would be offended by such language, and I think I would hear it because it just bothers yeah. me so much. Well, you, you're you've been hanging out so much with the submission radio guys. It's just like <laughs> second just nature. Second you know? nature. Well, listen, it's a it's it's a huge huge fight. There's no question about it. I mean, I do think you know people are billing this as the biggest fight in UFC history. I do think it it, it kind of comes down to how you measure it, but I think in terms of pay per view, um, this this will be it and. Uh, we're getting close. We are getting close. Let's keep our fingers crossed that in the morning nothing goes wrong with the official weigh-ins. And to mark this tremendous occasion, we, we get to welcome a new sponsor on board as well. Oh. DraftKings.com. I'll be honest with you. I've, 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 I haven't had a chance to work with DraftKings ever before, and I'm excited about it. I've always kind of uh, – I don't partake myself in the gaming side of it because I worry a little bit as a reporter – that uh, it's it'll skew the way I, I look at things. Sure. You know what I mean? But you never want to bet on football. You never want to bet on oh, like, I love to, but college football. See, but that's what, and I love stuff. the DraftKings. I love the DraftKings concept. So I'm so I'm so excited that, that, that they've reached out and, and that they're now joining up with the MMA Roadshow, as all quality sponsors <laughs> should do. And uh, listen, here's what they got going. As we know, the wait is finally over this Saturday. Conor McGregor makes his return after two years, and he's looking to regain the title from Habib Nurmagomedov. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the cage for the biggest fight of the year. Do battle against other MMA fans, and you can win $10,000. That's legit, son. That's strong. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. And the best news, it's free to enter with your first deposit. Just pick six fighters. You stay under the salary cap and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than with DraftKings because nothing makes fight night more exciting than when you have a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's legit, man. You just got strategy to it. That's why, I've, I, again, I, yep. I've, I've never done the, the MMA side again because I don't want to skew it, but I've always been drawn to this product. I love the way they do it. So uh, if you guys have been on the fence about it, you don't report, so you can jump on it, and I think <laughs> you right. should. And it, it's good for bragging. You know, you play, oh. you win, and you get bragging rights. And with this, you can actually get some dough. Uh, yeah, you can get $10,000. Rampage Jackson said he's, he makes it rain with 10 Gs every time he goes <laughs> to the strip club, so you can do that. But first, what you got to do is you got to download the app or go to DraftKings.com now and use the promo code ROAD. That is R-O-A-D, ROAD like MMA Roadshow, to enter a contest for free with your first deposit. Free? That's promo code ROAD to get a free entry with your first deposit to the $10,000 Fantasy MMA Contest on Saturday night. That's code ROAD only at DraftKings. 
That's right. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Bro, you can throw in $5 and you can get a free entry for 10 Gs. I mean, that's worth it right there. Right. If you never do it again. Right. If you never do DraftKings again, put $5 Because you're going to be watching this fight on Saturday night. You're going to be watching Put $5 in and maybe you walk out with 10 Gs. You can feel what it's like to be Conor McGregor kind of like on a smaller basis. A, a lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, um, I had a chance earlier in the week. Uh, you know, if it, we, I know. I feel by this point probably everybody's heard all of the audio that's out there from Connor and Habib. So rather than share parts of the press conference or something like that, um, I thought I would do is share a conversation I had earlier this week with Michael Bisping before we came out here. Uh, before we came out here, we live here. I live in Las Vegas. Well, you came out to my house. I am in your house. Maybe that's why it feels like it's such a far destination. Uh, yeah, that's before right. we traveled all the so Shut up! It's not that far. So, so far. Fifteen minutes, you loser. You just it's don't like much driving. Much further than fifteen. Minutes. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Michael Bisping before I drove the fifteen minutes to Cold <laughs> Coffee's house, and we talked about kind of this week. And he's going to be on the desk. Um, at at, uh, at Fox this weekend, and I just kind of wanted to get his take on everything and what he thought about the whole build-up to the fight and the trash-talking and everything that played out. Um, and I thought it would be great to hear from uh, the Count, man. I always love talking to Michael Bisping. Uh, always one of my favorite fighters and now becoming one of my favorite analysts as well. So uh, here is Michael Bisping. I know you're busy, so we won't take too much of your time, but let's let's get into it, man. This, uh, this huge fight that we've got coming up, Habib Nurmagomedov, Conor McGregor, um, Look, you're a master of mental warfare, and Connor is certainly that guy as well. I wanted to get your analysis firsthand. What did you see in that press conference? Did you think uh, did you think Connor got to Habib at all, or, or was Habib able to resist? Well, I mean, generally, for the most part, Habib did a great job of just ignoring it, smiling, grinning, and not taking it to heart. But I think towards the end, we kind of saw Habib rattled a little bit. You know, I think I – think, uh, yeah, I think I think he got to him eventually. You know, now the, the good news is Khabib is that that was a couple of weeks ago, so he will have calmed down. The bad news is is that there's going to be another press conference on Thursday. You know, <laughs> and uh, that's what Connor's trying to do. He's trying to wind people up, trying to get you off your game, trying to get you to run it in just like Jose Aldo did. You know, and if uh, Khabib does that, if he thinks I'm going to show this motherfucker, I'm going to beat the crap out of him in one round, because that's what Connor's trying to make you do. He's trying to get you emotional. And then you run at him and you run onto that big left hand. Could be a could be a, a bad night for Khabib. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens on Thursday, but it's going to be an interesting press conference for sure. Are you impressed by the way he does that, Mike? I mean, he used to be very good at, at getting under guys' skin as well, but he just seems to be one of the best. And like you said, not only – it's not just promoting a fight. It's not just creating a show. It, like, actually gets people off their games. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, that's what it's all about. You know, yeah, of course, you, you're out there and – you are putting on a performance to a certain degree. You know, you, you've got the world watching. There's tons of camera there, cameras and press, and often a crowd. You know, so, so you're performing and you, you're playing up to it a little bit. You're kind of almost an enhanced version of yourself. Uh, and you want to be entertaining. But also, you do want to send a message to your opponent. You want to exude confidence. You want to remind them of their shortcomings. You want to remind them of when they've been knocked out, all that type of stuff. You want to put that seed of doubt in their mind. And certainly when you square up, you want to let them know, listen, motherfucker, next time I see you in the ring, it's on. I'm coming at you with everything I've got. There's your, you know, next week, sorry, this week, pardon me, at the press conference in the weigh-in, that's Connor's last chance to really get in their head. 
And the old saying is you can win a fight before you even step in the octagon or the ring. And it's so true, you can. You know, if you get in someone's head and you think, shit, man, he looks crazy or he was big or, man, he's wild, you know, and then that affects your confidence and then you don't fully commit to your punches or you kind of close your eyes and you're throwing a punch because you're like, shit, you know, it, 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 it can affect the outcome of the fight in a massive way. And that's what Connor's trying to do and that's what he's very good at. No doubt. Right, let's talk about the, the fight inside the cage, you know, the tactics themselves. I mean, of course, uh, largely it's striker versus grappler, right? I mean, that's that's what their strengths are. But um, is, is that too simple of a way to analyze it? I mean, everybody's good at everything these days. Is, is that too simple of analyzing, or is, is that what this fight is at its core? I mean, at its core, I guess. You know, I mean, both guys can grapple, both guys can strike, you know. But Khabib is a way better grappler, and Connor's a way better striker. You know, that's fair to say. Uh, Kareem's a decent level striker, you know, he is, you know, but he, he, he'd he be a fool to try and stand toe to toe with McGregor in this fight. That's not the path to victory. We've seen the kryptonite of Irish, English, European generally fighters. The kryptonite is wrestling, you know, we don't wrestle at a high level um, in the UK, in Ireland, in Europe. You know, we don't have a, an academic uh, program like you guys do here in America and in Russia. You know, I don't know what their program is, but they're all fucking wrestling maniacs <laughs> as well. So, um, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the path to victory is taking down. And, of course, trying to get back to your feet is very tiresome as well. And we've seen Connor get tired in the later rounds. Rounds two or three, he does gas incredibly. And we've seen that time and time again. And that's just, I think that's the way his body's made up. You know, you can't be a sprinter and a marathon runner at the same time. You just can't. It's not possible. Connor's a sprinter, he's very explosive, he's got knockout power. Take him to the later rounds, he kind of struggles, Khabib doesn't. So if you take him down, forces him to try and fight, get back to his feet, and then when he gets back to his feet, just takes him down again. He's going to take the will out of him. But, uh, you know, to do so, he's going to walk through the firing line, he's going to walk through the danger zone to get that body lock, you know. And that's what, you know, and that's it, you know. Can he get into the ground? If he can get into the ground, Connor's fogged. If he can't get into the ground, Khabib's fogged. And I know that sounds very crude way of putting it, but uh, that's pretty much the way I see it. And I think that's the way the world sees it. Yeah, I agree. Where, where do you feel like – I mean, I had somebody say this analysis the other day, and I thought it was great. It was saying that Connor fighting Habib is like trying to uh, shoot a bear with a long rifle. You know, if you get it, you're good. But if it gets inside, you know, you got nothing you can do. So I wonder, you know, where do you see Habib, I guess, as being most vulnerable? Is it just that range of – I mean – trying to get the hands on and moving because he doesn't have necessarily the best shot from range. I mean, is that where this fight is won or yeah. lost for Connor? And, and and can Connor just sit there and wait and try to time a left or is that or is that a bad approach? Yeah, I mean I mean the thing is as you said, Khabib isn't the type of guy to shoot a double leg from distance, you know, which in MMA doesn't work too well anyway. But still, that's not what Khabib does. You know, he likes to punch his way into a clinch, get the body lock, push up against the fence and then use trips or whatever from there. Um, but getting in on the inside is going to be the hard part. Connor can knock people out. We've seen that time and time again. But also, we've seen guys like Nate Diaz take his best shots and walk right through them. You know, so you've got to remember that. It's not, you know, yes, he's a very good striker, but, you know, not everybody he hits falls apart, you know, mm. and Khabib's 26 and all for a reason. You know, he's fought very, very good fighters, uh, and he's got good stand-up. I mean... People are sleeping on Alaya Quinter. Alaya Quinter, as you know, he's a very, very good fighter, very accomplished, hard-hitting, hit, excellent boxing, and decent wrestling. You know, and people were saying, people were criticizing Khabib in that fight, and I was like, you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> he still won every single round, dominantly, jabbed his face off, 
Uh, and and Ally Quinter is very very tough. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm and the, you know, listen, I don't know. It, it's it's hard. I mean, Connor's got to let. I don't know. I was going to say Connor's got to let Khabib come to him, but Connor might want to stalk him, put him on his back foot. It's hard. It's harder to fight on your back foot, but also if you're going forward, you kind of play into the wrestler's hands a little bit because you might, you know, they can shoot in. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we just don't know what's going to happen on the night, you know. Uh, my prediction is Khabib will fall. See, the thing is, I said, at the start of these interviews, John, I said my prediction was Connor knocks him out in the first <laughs> round, uh, headline Madison Square Garden, and fights Nate Diaz with a 165-pound belt, which is a very good possibility. But... There's also a very good possibility that Khabib gets him down and beats the shit out of him for three rounds and gets a submission in round four. You know, and I was just about to say that that was my prediction, and then I remembered my prediction at the start of the phone call. So you know, honestly, I go, I, I go, I go back and forth all the time, and that's what makes this such a great fight. Yeah, you know, it's you're so right, man. It's just such a fifty-fifty fight. So that's why I was going to ask you: is you know, I know come this weekend you're going to have to make a prediction on air. Are you looking for something? What do you think is going to convince you one way? Because I think you're right, man. It's Those two possibilities are so distinct and could happen. Uh, so what are you going to be yeah. looking for this week? I mean, what's going to sway you, you think, one way or the other so that you, you finally come to it and, and make a call? Yeah, well, uh, there'll be two uh, big key events. Obviously, the press conference, that'll be interesting to see if Connor gets under his skin. And then also the weighing. You know, I mean, I think Connor makes 155 pretty comfortably, way more than what he did 145. We know Khabib's had trouble. You know, a bad wake-up can be uh, the difference between winning or losing a fight, the difference between taking a good punch or that punch knocking you out. So, the, the, the way in, you know, let, let's see what how uh, Khabib looks in the in the morning. Are they doing morning weighs, John? Yeah, Still, I think yep. they are, 9 right? yep, 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll be intrigued to see how Khabib looks in the morning. That might be very telling, you know. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make a decision that very nice. Well, uh, other than that, I mean, this is a good card. So g give me one one selection. I mean, is it as simple as, as Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis, or is there another fight on the card that, that uh, you know, your mouth's kind of watering a little bit? Can't wait to see that fight? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, yeah. I mean, the next best fight is for sure uh, Pettis and uh, Ferguson. You know, Ferguson's really impressed me, the way he's been able to come back so quickly after – a terrible knee injury. You know, he should have been back so soon, let alone fighting a guy like Anthony Pettis. Pettis looks incredible against Kieta, of course. He was a former champion. You know, the fact he's still fighting guys of this caliber shows that he wants to be champion again. Ferguson, well, well, for both of them, whoever wins this fight uh, is going to fight the winner of Khabib and uh, Connor. That, that would be my guess, unless... Mm -hmm. Kind of goes up and fights Nate, as I said. Uh, but but you know, on paper, that that should be the way things work out. Um, which is a lot of motivation for them. Also, it's going to be infuriating for Tony Ferguson. You know, Tony Ferguson, I think he's going to be coming in there with a massive chip on his shoulder, kind of been overlooked, not really mentioned in any of the promotion for this fight. But he was he was the interim champion. He had the belt wrapped around his waist. So if I was him, I'm fucking fuming. No wonder he's coming back and he wants to do some damage. He wants to make an example of Anthony Pettis and talk some shit on the microphone. You know, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what happens.
There you have it. That was Michael Bisping talking about the fight. You know, interesting to hear uh, kind of the way he was looking at things and, and how he was looking to see how things played out. And the fact, I love that Mike even said his pick was changing because I have stayed consistent with my Habib Nurmagomedov pick. I, I, that was my, my pick going into this week. I have stayed consistent with it. But Cole Coffey, I'm not going to lie, man. Connor's a dangerous man, dude. Right. And just seeing that confidence again up close. It's been you know, it's been a year since we've, you know, been captivated by by his eloquence, since we've seen his physical talents up close. And uh I'm sticking with my Habib pick, but uh but I'm nervous, man. Connor's a dangerous man. He is. And uh, you know, like I don't know, something about the swagger that he came in today felt better. Like the, even at the open workout, the swagger it came felt better. More but genuine today. I today thought. the swagger was there. And we didn't so. have the we didn't have the fur coat on and the billionaire yeah. strut and the over the top. Today was just the confidence yeah. of, of a man that owns that swagger. Like it, it felt better. Like I felt. Well, I mean, one I was going to stick with my pick. I on the opposite hand picked Connor, but I felt better with what I saw today. Like I said at the open workout, I was like, hmm. Maybe not as you know into my pick, but today I just just in the swag. I didn't even see him work out today, but something about the swag was like, okay, you did right. I picked right. I agree. It, his self belief is so strong that it's contagious. You're like, all right, yeah, I made the right pick. I, made I the agree. Right pick. I I liked his attitude and demeanor way more today than I did in New York. Yeah, way more. It was cool, but there was something that was something that was really cool yesterday when he was uh when he came on and gave everybody the scare that it was going to leave. Was when his his young because he son walked out to explain up. that case anybody doesn't know he walked out for the open yeah. workouts went to the center of the stage waved at the crowd and then did a <laughs> U turn and walked out and we were like holy uh, shit is he is that he done sucks. <laughs> but it was cool so he went over and gave an interview but at that time his his son came and walked around but the, at the end when Connor finished his interview when he picked up his son and then brought him over and kind of prayed him around his whole attitude and aura around him changed you know he mm. seemed like the happy proud father and which mm. was really cool and then he came back recharged and ever since then i feel like you know that he's just building momentum and then seeing him today uh with the swagger with everything going on uh i feel good about my picks you know and being you know so at the top of you know the staff picks <laughs> You know, I, hey, I feel that my my you know gut intuition I, it, it might it might. Uh, normally, I would I would check you on your trash talk, <laughs> man. I would, but hey, you were standing at the top of the charts top of the, the charts. MMA junkie staff picks. Yeah, I should. I feel like we should. Maybe I'll go on record and, and say I, I homered for a pick this time, which might make me lose. My position at the top. Are we just going to leave it at that and let people decipher as they will? See see who they think I pick? Yeah. Or should I just say who it is? I don't know. Maybe I may leave it like that. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. I homered on one of my picks. Me and Dan Tom, we, we go we go at it, man. Like, he's the only one I really pay attention because oh, we're close. Oh, so now I'm checking you on your trash talk. All right. You got the first part. You got the brag about being <laughs> right. on top. I think the nearest now one is, down the is, rest three, of is like three. I think Ben's the closest. He's three behind us. Right. So, when you think about that. I could go three for three on a six-pick night and still hold on to the spot if it wasn't for Dan. But, like, Dan, I make one wrong decision in this one, and he's back on. It's tense. And, like, oh. It's tense. It's cool. But now I'm just like, let's get this year over, man. I'm like, shit, <laughs> I might end up on the uh, end up on the top. Even if I finish, I think, in the top five, 
of of staff, I'll feel I'll feel pretty Absolutely. good. Absolutely, you know, just for the fact of like bad for a, we've uh, been fighting to get on the staff picks, and nobody would let us in. Well, not that you didn't let us, it just we never yeah, got. Nobody ever to asked you and Abby know? as videographers to like, be on hey, the staff picks. We want to be on the picks, you know. And then when we came on, and Abby's had a resurgence as well. He had a, I think I had a rough start of the year, and he had a rough start, yeah. and then I, mine just picked back up. I had a couple good uh, like uh, undefeated nights or whatever yeah. that kind of got me up there a little bit. So. Should be good though. I mean, it, it certainly you know. But even like with like DraftKings or something, when you have something uh, kind of pushing you forward, oh, you, yeah. you're a little bit more into the fight. Just you're like, a few oh. bucks. I'm telling you, man. And, and listen, I'm not a big gambler, even though I live out here in Las Vegas. And I will say, like I said, I, I don't do this anymore. I don't gamble on fights anymore because I'm telling you, it skews the way I look at it. But that just goes to show you how much fun it is. Yeah. Literally, put a dollar on every fight. One dollar. Right. That will make you more interested. Totally interested <laughs> into it. I know as ridiculous as that sounds. Yep. You're just like now you got a vested interest in a fight. You know. Yep. It's not just oh I'm kind of watching. I'm interested to see what happens. Like you have one dollar on. It, you're like, yeah. Come on, my man. But you'll also. You, but you're right though. I've had like in the past. I think I I had like a two dollar parlay on like an eight pick, and it got down to I forget what fight it was, but it was like Evan Dunham against somebody. And I picked Dunham to lose. Right. And he got the upset win, and it was awesome. It was like one of his two, two or three fights ago. And I remember I, during the whole time, I was so mad. I was like, "No, Evan, what are you doing? <laughs> no, you're not supposed to win." And I, you know, and I, I realized I checked myself. I was like, "Dude, Evan's like the nicest dude. You can't be upset that he actually <laughs> won because he busted your 18 parlay." But dude, it was like I forget what it was. I was gonna make like a, a thousand bucks. On a $2 fucking parlay. Jeez. And that's because I had a bunch of underdogs, and then the, it didn't work out. And so. Evan Dunham blew it for you. Yeah, but I was like, fuck it. I, I'm not mad. I'm not He's mad at him. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. <laughs> but, you're, but, they, but you're right. It, it, it can skew. It does. I feel, start, I feel like you start, start saying like uh, – You start judging rounds yeah, differently exactly. in your mind. Completely. Was that a bad decision? No, it wasn't a bad decision. Yeah. You were looking at it wrong, That was bro. early stoppage. Yeah. I mean, he was completely flat, and his arms were done, but I mean like – Early stoppage. <laughs> his, his right eye fluttered a little bit. He was coming back. Uh, I should say, by the way, Mike Bond and Steve Morocco are out here as well. Of course, Mike Bond's been with us all week. Uh, you've probably seen him on, uh, mm-hmm. on on camera uh, with me doing some stuff. And then Steven actually just got in this morning. He he, he was he's he's part of a uh, top secret project. Oh, oh yes. Can't really can't really talk about that right now. But uh, but yeah. he's good. He so he'll be around. He'll be the around during weigh-ins. One. He'll be around on the magnificent one. He'll be around on fight night as well. Uh, I was with him last week in San Jose, and I will say by the way, he briefly locked me out of the house. Shut up! I swear again? to God, long-time listeners of the MMA Road Show will oh know my God. that Stephen Morocco is the cause of one of uh, <laughs> Cold Coffee's most stressful nights ever. Uh, in Australia, I believe before, uh, for the Rousey home fight, it, I right? I think it was, and uh, and and we got locked out by uh, Stephen Morocco, who does uh, sleep with uh, not earbuds. What would you call them? Uh, earbuds, noise canceling, noise canceling. Yeah, so he like over the ear motherfuckers. So he sleeps with those, and and uh, and he locked us out of the the apartment for quite some time. Locked a deadbolt that we hadn't used all week. <laughs> Just decided to lock the deadbolt. Well, we didn't have keys. For and it. and I'm tr- it's kind of 
foggy, but I believe he locked us out. Uh, you weren't there for this, but I believe he locked us out in Scotland as well. I heard, I believe that. Yeah, because yeah, isn't that and, and wasn't there another time that uh, somebody had to scale a building? Oh yes, that was in. Uh, and that was him again. Too, that was wasn't him it? again. Stephen locked Dude, us out. He is so bad. That was bad. in Baltimore. That was in Baltimore. He's so bad. Oh my god. Yeah. So uh, it briefly happened. Uh, I, I will just let me see if I can pull up my text because I, I went to dinner. And I and I came and I came back and I was I even left before I joked before I left the Airbnb we're at I'm like, don't touch the door, dude. I was like I'm locking it on my way out, and and he did for some reason anyway. And I I, I got home and I it literally it was it was 2 a.m. and 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 I just I, I I knocked on the door it was locked you know and I just texted bro. <laughs> I didn't know what to say at that point, and so I tried to walk around to the side of the house where oh, his I knew Lord. his window was, um, and uh, the sprinklers had been running, so it was like muddy, and so I'm walking through mud, and then there's a gate locked, and so I can't get to the window where he is, so I'm like, what am I going to do? So I ended up just... I slammed on the door. It was kind of one of those. It was like one of those aluminum doors, you know, and just like slammed on it like three or four times really hard, and like. Thank God, I guess like, maybe he had to go pee or something, but it, it, he woke up and he yeah. was like, he came to let me in. and So I was only locked out for about <laughs> two minutes, but it could have easily been two hours had he not needed to go pee or whatever. Wow. And, uh, and, and yeah, I was like, he's like, Bro, how long have you been out here? I'm like, it's cool. Go back to bed. I'm okay. I don't want to talk about <laughs> it right now. I'm like, it wasn't that long. So, yeah. Pretty, pretty. That's why you don't Airbnb <laughs> with Steven. <laughs> So now, He's the magnificent door locker. He is, <laughs> he is locked. He has locked me out of our Airbnb in three different countries. Wow, that is a that's a record. All right, let's talk about the rest of this card real quick. Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis. I love this fight, man. I really do love this fight. I think it's going to be a tremendous fight. Both guys look to be in top form. I am a little worried about Tony Ferguson's knee. I know that he's going out of his way to tell us that we have no reason to worry about it. But, you know, when doctors tell you it's going to be a year and you come back in five months, I praise the hell out of you. And I know he worked his ass off to get here, so I'm not knocking him. But you just want to – I mean, he can't – you don't know exactly what's happening inside your body with the fusion of ligaments and things of that nature. So it, it worries me a little bit. He doesn't worry me. I know his will and I know his dedication is second to, to none in the sport. Um, but – I, I'm excited for him, and Anthony Pettis seems to be back in that proper mental state, man. He has all the physical tools, yep. but I always felt like it was just kind of a, a mental thing sometimes about where he needed to be or whatever. Uh, I feel like he's in the right spot at this point, and I do believe this is, a, man, a pretty a pretty fantastic fight. It should be fantastic. <laughs> Tony, is a, he's been in he's been in a wacky spirits all all week, but he certainly uh, uh, is in good spirits. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, when you think about it, you know, the doctors say it's going to take a year. Maybe they don't realize that his focus or his determination, you know, what he's able to push himself through. But you also run into, you know, wonder. It's one point to rush it to where you can actually walk on it and, you know, and you're actually mobile on it and that you're able to move. And then once you start pushing, you, know, you figure out, oh, hey, I can kick. I can bounce. I can mm -hmm. jump. Should you kick? Right. Should you bounce? Maybe that's the difference, you know, where, you know, he's physically able to do what he needs to do, but should he really be doing it? You know, is that's it going to is it going to slow the overall process? I mean, sometimes, you know, like I said, you know, maybe as the body's recovering, 
a certain period needs to happen just for the cells needed to grow maybe maybe there's just time yep. that needs you know sure you're able to function you're able to walk but you know i mean hate to think that it's just like borrowed time before the the doctors you know something happens the doctors say that's why we told you whatever but he looked great. He moved around. He had great flexibility. I fun mean, workout. Fun dance moves. I mean, he, he's got it, you know. So. He's not a fan of Chapman Can't you Do. Know, he's called no, him out a couple Chapman times. Chapman Can't Do. I will say this. Tony Ferguson's demeanor, I think he has a right to be angry right now, right? I mean, here he is, an interim champion, right? Has his belt taken away from him yeah, and then is now BS. fighting on the same card where the title is being contested. You know what right. I mean? So I believe he has every right to be angry. It's just the hard part I was trying to understand this week is like, you know, is, is he angry at the media? Like, what did what did we do? I don't I don't think right. anybody I don't remember anybody ever putting him down or questioning him or maybe I, he's I mad felt that everybody people, praising him. Maybe people didn't cause a big enough ruckus when his belt was taken, and maybe he took a slight that might to the fact fair. of like, why didn't y'all, you know, y'all wrote me off, y'all let let him take my belt, you stopped talking to me, you stopped whatever, now you're just thinking my legs. This, this, this. I don't know, but That's, I mean that would be fair. I mean, I'll be honest with it, you. It was just like, bro, you know what they're doing. It's. I mean, once Connor, right. I guess that's is. I'm trained to the fact now that once Connor's involved, you just throw all rules out the window. You throw right. all reality out but the even, window. You even, know, not even just him. I mean, like you know, when it came with like, uh, you know, Colby. Sorry, you have this interim belt. Sorry, got to go. You know. Oh, hey, uh, Daniel, you haven't uh, had a chance to. Uh, Defend this thing. I know you just got the heavyweight belt, but hey, shit's got to move. We're gonna take this belt from you. You know, it's just I don't know. I I I think even just the way that they're doing shit. I think maybe more fighters are like, why aren't why aren't you guys like calling the UFC on their bullshit? You know, instead of just like us saying, well, of course that's business. Business got to keep going. You know, we take it like, oh hey, that's fine. Where maybe we should be like, hey UFC, that's kind of fucked up. You know, you guys build these belts up like they're something like, when is enough enough? You know, why you, you're getting through this point of, oh, what has to to have a pay-per-view? We have to have a title. Right. Okay, so we create this interim title, and then you immediately take it away. Then you're just a slap in all of our face for saying, why the fuck should we care for the pay-per-view? Just because you put a title, you, you want to put this interim title on because you thought that's what we wanted, but then you take it away immediately after for some other BS. I don't know. It's just weird. So, I mean, I could see where maybe some fighters are like, why aren't, why aren't you guys calling the UFC on their bullshit? And maybe we should. Fair. I mean, I, Be we, a fair we, argument. We, told, we told the line. I mean, like, we're like, hey, this is just what it is. And, I mean, like, you but can only ask it argument. so many times before they say, all right, well, it's just what was needed. And you ask it again, they're like, we just answered. It was just what was needed. And we kind of move on. But that's easy for us on the outside to move on because we didn't just bust our ass. And we didn't just – Sweat, blood, and tears have to earn this thing. Have our taken away from and us. And then to have what your goal is. You know, as he said, a few zeros off his that's paycheck. That's huge. That's fucking ridiculous. Good point. You know, like the dude did not lose the title, and you're going to strip him and then take See, away. if he just sat there and yelled at us and said that, I would have just been like, you're, you're right, right, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yep. I, I just felt it was some other kind of weird attack, and I didn't take it personally. It didn't offend me. I mean, no. dude, what these guys put themselves through, if they blow up on us every now and then, no big deal, man. It is yeah. what it is. I just didn't necessarily under the, understand the message, which is if anybody watched that scrum that we had with them, that's why even at the end I asked, you know, like, where's this anger coming from? Like, who's it directed at? And, and, and you know, he said, oh, I'm not angry. I don't have a chip on my shoulder, but – um. But yeah, but you know what, man? You make a you make a compelling argument, man. I I, I can't argue with that. Well, this is going to be a phenomenal fight, and if Tony Ferguson wins, 
man, he deserves to be against the winner of Habib and Connor, no question about it. Um, no, no disrespect to Dustin and Nate coming up. Sounds like that fight's still going to happen. Uh, but I think you got to go with Tony Ferguson if he's victorious. And and I know that if it ends up being Tony Ferguson and Habib never made off both victorious, I know people are going to say that bout's cursed. But you got to try again. You you got to try again. Dominic Reyes, Ovince St. Pru. I like this fight. Uh, I'm having a hard time gauging it, man. Dominic Reyes, dangerous. Dangerous man. Yeah. He is coming in and, and, and living up to his name. Well, he was supposed to be the dominator. I guess he's the destroyer now. So whatever. He's living up to to both <laughs> of them. Uh, he's doing both. He's doing fantastic. You know, th- three results, all three in the first round. So we haven't had a ton of tape to watch, but what tape we have, uh, I've been impressed with. You know, I feel like he's shown a lot of skills in those in those fights. Meanwhile, Vince Pru, who I think you and I both admit, I have a hard time getting a feel on OSP. Man, it's just. He's not he's not flashy. He's not spectacular. He doesn't do anything where you're just like, man, that is the best X in the division, or that's the best Y in the division. It's the best Von Prucho. Well, there you go. He does have that. <laughs> good good call there. That's, he's got the best in the in the in the game. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I mean, I, I have a hard time gauging him, and I feel like. Every time I think he's going to lose, he wins. And every time I think he's going to win, he loses. Yeah. Um, so I, I did take Dominic Reyes in this fight. But I think this is an intriguing matchup because Dominic Reyes looks like a next-generation guy. But can he get past OSP? That's 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 a big question. Yeah. And, and I did take Reyes as well. And I've taken OSP in the past. And it's been in, for my favorite. And I've also bet against him. And he's, and he's proved me wrong. He, he's one of those guys that's just so hard to sort of pick because you just don't know what's going to show up because there's times he gets out there and the striking looks great and there's other times when it's like he's just in a rush to get the fight down to the ground yeah. and when that doesn't happen for him and he gets starts a absor- sloppy with it yeah and he starts absorbing strikes you know then it the the fight tends to go the opposite way uh, it goes down for him pretty quickly I just think with Reyes his hands are so strong he's so powerful. And I just feel that he's he's on the upwards right now. He's he's riding a high momentum that I think right now with just the striking, I think he's going to be able to 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 keep the distance from OSP, not let OSP get him down the ground, not let to get him. And I think that uh, the strikes is what's going to do it for him. I think he's going to be able to. Uh, I'm uh, I'm guessing probably a TKO KO. If Dominic wins this man, you got to pay attention. If you haven't been watching yeah. him on the rise, you got to pay attention. Derek Lewis versus Alexander Volkov, another fantastic fight there as well. Heavyweight fight, man. We saw the face off today uh, or yesterday, I guess. No, it was early. God damn, it's been a long day. Uh, <laughs> earlier today, uh, Volkov is a, is just a, a big, tall man. I mean, he's going to tower over anybody, but definitely towered over Derek Lewis. Um, D- you know, Derek, no question, uh, a roadshow favorite, uh, of course, man. I always want good things for him. Um, this is a tough fight. And it is a fight, you know, especially for Volkov, I think, that, you know, is, is a number one contender type fight. But, you know, if Derek Lewis can pick up a win here, he still remains incredibly relevant in, in the top of that division. Now, there's no rush to name a number one contender right now because we got Cormier on hold. You know, he's injured right now. We got the Lesnar fight up next, it would seem. So there's not a big rush, but, you know, there's 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 a, an importance to remain at the top and, and stay close to that because. Cormier's not going to be around much longer, right? Yeah. I mean, he's you know he's going to hang it up pretty soon. Verdum got the suspension that takes out a, a top name up there. So yeah. uh, you know, in, in, you know, in, important stuff going on. I think this is a big fight that 
I mean, maybe isn't – I wouldn't say not getting the attention it deserves, but maybe just people aren't necessarily recognizing how, how relevant, you know, with Derek coming off kind of a, a not-so-fantastic performance, we'll say, and with Volkov kind of flying under the radar so far in his UFC career, you know, I think maybe people aren't realizing how important this matchup is in the division. I agree. Like, when I, I look at this fight, I mean, it just screams, like, contender fight for me. Like, either one of these guys could get the nod in the next fight. You know, when the, the fight was going to Moscow, you know, thought, like, oh, shit, you know, Volkov could get the, the, the nod to be the main event in it. You know, he's he's definitely his star power has risen. Derek has huge star power. People love him. Um, and I think just, I mean, this is number two. What, number two, number five? I mean, that's about as good as it gets, yep. you know. We saw, you know, granted the fight with Francis was not a, a great fight for, for Francis in that fight with Derek, but, you know, you got Volkov right before, behind him. So in that sense, you know, you could almost move him up above Francis because, you know, Francis dropped a little bit. But um, to me, in my mind, this is the number one contender fight, that the winner of this fight should be the next guy that, uh, you know, barring some other crazy shit and people aren't able to fight, these guys should be the ones that uh, – to do it. So I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping Derek's back works out good. I mean, I know when we were doing the, uh, media day the other day at the PI, he was there just getting his back looked at, getting treatments, you know, so he's trying to do what he needs to do to keep his back loose. I imagine, um, just stay stretched out and stay good for the fight week so that he's not going to overtrain himself, hopefully to where his back is affecting him so that he's not going in the fight already diminished. You know, it's one thing if, you know, throughout the fight, you know, some strain causes something. And then as the rounds go on, we would see that kind of, you know, capitulate into something bigger. But I'm hoping he goes in there and he's looking good. I mean, Crew Bob says his striking looks good. Um, he's a great coach. I mean, and you see Derek, when you see him and he's, and he's on point, his strikes are just vicious and training. Mm-hmm. His, it's scary watching him hit the mitts. And then just something seems to happen well, when it gets in Because I think most of his performance issues are centered around that back. The back, You know right? what I mean? And when his back's not right, he can't do what he does. And, yeah. that, and that's and that's twofold. It's number one, throwing with the type of power that is so scary. Right. And number two, doing the cardio that it takes to be in the proper shape to be yeah. able to last. And, that's true. And I think the back, you're right, man. That's what has to hold up, man. That's That's the center of everything for him. Yeah, man. I hope so. I hope I hope this whole week, if that's the case, I hope this whole week is is just relaxing the back, getting the nice treatments at the PI. You know, I was gonna say working on the weight cut, but you know, he's he's he doesn't have much to do yeah. on that. <laughs> it's he's pretty not too easy bad for him. Over. You know, so uh yeah, I want this I want this to be a good fight. I mean I, I want to see hands go. Volkov has proved that he can take a punch. I would like to see him try to take the best of Derek. Uh, and but he's got such long limbs and such Tough. long arms that if he uses the distance, Derek won't be he won't get a chance to get in close. Derek has to just push through it, man. I think. He ha- he would have to almost just bull rush, get through the the initial ones, get your hands on him, get up against the cage, get some dirty elbows in there, some dirty boxing, and then get him down to the ground. Watch out for the long limbs. Watch out for the submission, but get that ground and pound, you know, and I think he can get it. You're big. Felice Herrig and Michelle Waterson kick off the pay-per-view. I love this fight, too, and it's kind of funny that they haven't fought yet. You know, they've been in different weight classes at times throughout their career. They've been in different promotions at times throughout their career, but they've both been around for a long time. I mean, they're both pioneers in a way of the women's division, not the early days. I mean, there's a generation before them as well, but as yeah. far as, as this thing has evolved, you know, they, they've been around to see it happen. They were supposed to fight at one time before, and, and this is a big fight in that division as well. 
Um, and I think it's it's a great way to kick off the main card. The preliminary card is is phenomenal as well, man. I, I really do think there's a lot of interesting fights on here. You know, you you and I are we're kind of fight junkies, man. I understand everybody's paying attention to to Connor and Habib and the bigger names here, but Juicier Formiga, who for me is a guy that I've always been interested in. You know, I got to call some of his fights in Tachi Palace. So, you know, before he was in the UFC and on the regional scene, I got to see how dangerous he was uh, with that that incredible jiu-jitsu he has. I mean, if he gets to your back, you are in a lot of trouble. Meanwhile, Sergio Pettis, uh, a guy that was – uh, you know, a prospect label forever, but this seems to really be putting things together, man, and really coming into his own. I mean, uh, he he was the kid for a long time, and I think he I don't say got rushed to the UFC, but that Pettis name came with a lot of expectations on it, you know, and I think it was hard for him to live up to that, you know, unless you're you know just just the highest level talent of all time, you're, you're going to have your struggles as you grow. And, uh, and, and I think it was tough for him. So I, I really, really love that matchup. I also really love Tanya Evinger versus Aspen Ladd. You know, Tanya, the, the grizzled veteran, so to speak, definitely another, uh, you know, veteran and pioneer of the women's game versus Aspen Ladd, who's kind of that up-and-coming talent, uh, starting to get a little swagger about her as well. She had that, you know, weird situation with Leslie Smith earlier this year. Uh, so, so those are the two that really stand out to me on the FX portion. Uh, but we got Jalen Turner coming up there against uh, Vicente Luque, which could be a fun fight. Jalen stepping in on short notice. And, of course, uh, Scott Holtzman, a guy that we always like, man, always a friendly, cool dude, against Alan Patrick, who would be part of – uh, it will give a nod to our man, Matty Radmanovich, who is no longer with the UFC. Uh, he used to have a, a squad that he termed the uh, the John Lineker All-Stars, which would be the guys with uh, English-sounding names that are actually foreign. Uh, <laughs> Alan, right. Alan, Alan Patrick, uh, yeah. you would definitely not expect to be a, uh, a Portuguese dude that doesn't speak a lick of English. But uh, <laughs> tell me about those FX prelims, man. What stands out to you there? Well, uh, let me pull the card up. Oh, jeez. I just went through the thing. You should have no, been no, writing no. it down. No, I was <laughs> – Bonbon's <laughs> over here asking me about uh, uh, some of the footage from the Khabib one. Oh, good lord! Instagram. I know, and I was like, I was like, I was telling him, "Hold on, we're taping," and then you, 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 you tossed. And then it I to called me. you out. I know, right when I was trying. Well, I, I should say, uh, before this uh, mishap hey, happened, FS1 prelims? FX. Before this mishap happened, I was going to say, if you were liking this flawlessly executed podcast between <laughs> two professionals of the sport. Super professional. You should log into iTunes. You should take a second to rate us right there. Leave us a review. Always like a little feedback. Positive. I mean, you can throw some negative in there if you want. Put some some positive affirmation for two nice guys putting out free <laughs> content for you. That always feels good. A little a little pat on the back we never, never hurts. Make mistakes. We never make mistakes. Uh, but but then we then we then we Kind of the wheels fell off, but we'll blame it on Mike Bond. I mean, I'm Mike blaming Bond's it on Bon Bon. He he shouldn't be texting me at this point in the night. It's know. almost eleven, but I mean, it came, it popped up. What well, made me think? Since we're always so flawless, what did you say the nickname was for Dominic Reyes? I th it was supposed to be the Dominator, but he says he has a lot of respect for Dominic Cruz, so he changed it to. It's not the Destroyer, is it? it? What isn't. is it? It's the Devastator. The Devastator. I knew it was something <laughs> like that. See, because <laughs> there, I just Damn. had to, I had to. Take the other wheel off. My wheel fell off over here. I'm just Why taking the wheel Why you got to call me out? Because somebody would be like, hey, mother, he said this, this, this. <laughs> so, there, it is the devastator. Or, for or those do you who have a fight on the FX prelims that you're most looking forward to, sir? Or maybe any inside <laughs> nuggets of notes and wisdom that you ran across this week as you were doing interviews or other such. You know, that's the concept of this. It's that's the MMA Roadshow. <laughs> we, we give people behind-the-scenes notes, things that we've seen. Uh, 
I, I'm I'm looking for the well. It's funny. I'm looking at the the Aspen Lad and the Tanya Avenger fight. I like that. I'm a really lot. liking. You know, like it legitimate. And, and it, it popped again in my head when you were talking about, you know, uh, pioneers of the sport. Right. You know, Tanya's been doing this for like 11 years. You know, and Aspen's first amateur fight was like 2013. That's crazy. It is. Tanya's been doing this for so long that when you know when you said that there's this whole other generation or whatever that's right. been going, that was what part yeah. Tanya was. Exactly. Tanya was in there, so it's interesting to see because Aspen's always been super super tough, but when it comes to toughness, like there's it's hard to to find one that's tougher than Evanger. I mean, she took a lot of punishment from Cyborg, but she's also strong. She just comes forward. And I'd be willing to see if Aspen, you know, on her way up is ready for someone that fights like Tanya. She believes she is. Um, she, uh, we tried to kind of get her to talk a little bit and give a little strategy in the fight, but she was like, you're just going to have to wait. Aspen's you're just going to have to I like see. Aspen a lot. She's she's young. She's got a lot of confidence. And it's 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 she's, she's very short in her interviews. You have to be ready. She doesn't talk a lot, she, but – but I like it. I like the air about her. I like the confidence that she had. She's one that absolutely believes in herself. We talk about that all the time. False right. confidence versus real confidence. She has it, but she doesn't. She's not going to get up and just wow you on the microphone. That's true. That's true. And the other one I was going to say is uh, hot sauce. Oh, I I'm, love I'm interested Scott for the hot sauce fight. So that should be a good one. I like it. Kicks off on Fight Pass. Yana Kuniskaya versus Lena Landsberg. And then, uh, which is a big fight in the women's division, no question about it. We had a chance to talk to Yana Kuniskaya earlier this week. Or, excuse me, it's actually a couple weeks ago at the at the PI, which was fun to sit down with her. And then I uh, actually saw Lena Landsberg yesterday uh, at, at the performance too. Nick Lentz versus Gray Maynard. That's um, great. I love this fight, and I, I love Gray. Um, you know, obviously an extreme couture guy forever and ever, but I love Nick Lentz as well. And uh, this is a big fight at lightweight, but um, – it may seem funny that the audio that I wanted to share this week is is from the early fight past prelims, but we had a chance to talk to to Nick Lentz today, yep. and uh, you know, first of all, just walking up to Nick Lentz and seeing the smile on his face and seeing the mood that he was in um, was good to see because yeah. you know, in all the years that we've had of, of interviewing Nick Lentz and talking to him, you know, there's sometimes you could tell that that he was just uncomfortable, and it's like he didn't. It's not that he didn't like you. Yeah. But, in fact, it was like, you know, you just talk to him and it was cool. Then as soon as you turn the camera on and you start getting into kind of interview mode, you could tell he was uncomfortable. You know, yeah. today it was like smiling, embracing, and uh, and we had a chance to talk. And it got deep for a little bit, man. He kind of shared some yeah. emotions. And, you know, I, I, I think he was fighting back tears for a second, and understandably so. And, you, and you'll understand in a minute when you listen. So, um, yes, I know this is an early prelim. and. You know, it's on the week of uh, of uh, a massive, massive fight with Habib uh, versus Conor McGregor. But uh, you know, I think when somebody kind of bears themselves to you and, and, and brings it to you real like this, uh, you guys deserve to hear it because you know I don't know that Nick Lentz is the most understood cat of all times. Yeah. And I thought this was a phenomenal interview. So here's Nick Lentz. All right, Nick. Well, we know anytime you step in the cage, it's going to be a scrap. But you've had some mixed results lately. So give us the idea, the professional assessment. Where, where does your game stand right now? Uh, my game is better than ever right now. You know, I mean, uh, something really clicked after my last fight. I don't think it had anything to do with losing, you know. As far as I'm concerned, that was one of the shadiest, weirdest fights I've ever had to deal with. You know, I was fighting two men in there, and it was it was pretty messed up, you know. It was, it was not the best uh, way, but look where I am now. You know, I haven't gone any. Have I gone downhill? No, I'm on the biggest card there's ever going to be. Yeah. So I'm doing just fine in life, and, and my career is on the up. And I've talked to you guys in the past, and... Uh, 
there was times in my career where I went on insane winning streaks and I said, and uh, it didn't get me anywhere. And so there's a lot more to fighting than, 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 than doing what you used to do in the past. You know, there's all kinds of things. You got to be more personal, but you got to do these things. And I was talking earlier with Hawani and I said, you know, when I came in the UFC and I was 25 years old, I was in no way prepared for any of it. I wasn't prepared in the physical part. I wasn't prepared in the mental part. I wasn't prepared in the media part. I wasn't prepared for anything. And I just, through sheer willpower, am still here. <laughs> and now I actually have the skills and the talent and everything else to, to put it to work. And so I'm very happy with how I'm going. And you guys will see. I'm going to, I was just going to swear a lot, but I'm going to smash Gray Maynard. I'm going to smash him. It's interesting to hear this kind of development of you kind of as the whole package. I mean, are you enjoying it? Because you did always strike me as a guy that's like, listen, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. I just want to go in, do my job, punch in and punch out. So, I mean, are you doing this begrudgingly or do you kind of enjoy embracing this new persona? No, I enjoy it. That's what I say. I'm enjoying life now. You know, before it was more of a job. It was more stressful. You put the camera in front of me, it was a stressful thing. You know, I constantly have to deal with people critiquing you and stuff. And I wasn't prepared for that. You know, and like I, like, like I came from like, the bottom of society, you know, and I and, and like as poor as you can be, as not prepared as you can be, and when you get when you climb up the ladder, and all of a sudden people are sticking microphones in your faces, and, and then and then like confronting you all the time, you're like you're like whoa, like 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 you guys don't know shit about me, and yet you guys all have opinions and everything, and I'm out here working my ass off, and you don't like it or you do like it or whatever, but now I have my kids, I have my wife. I'm successful in life, I'm successful in other avenues and business and stuff, and now everything is coming together. And trust me, I got a lot of years left, and you're gonna be surprised, you're gonna be surprised. How much do you credit this this change of philosophy to your kids? Because it seems like every time I see you on social media and stuff, yeah. you're like, man, I'm loving life. Do you think that's a big part of that? Yeah, you know, one of the downfalls of my career and in my life is we lost our first kid. So that really set me back years in my life, you know? and. Uh, that's all I ever wanted to be was a dad, and, and uh, we tried for like a long time, and it just, it just, we just couldn't get any kids, and now I have two, and now you know, I, now we have to be careful. Like every time, like I have multiple, I have multiple freaking uh, alarms on my phone that tell my wife to take the damn birth control pill because I just can't pop out another kid right now. Like I can't take it, I can't take it. So, um, so no, I'm good, and my kids are are the best thing ever. I love them. I take them with me everywhere. You know, they come to the gym, they come in, I'm with them 24 hours a day, so it's the best thing ever. I miss them right now, but, you know, now it's time to do work, and I got I got mouths to feed. No doubt. Talk about this matchup with Gray. I mean, you say you're going to smash him. Was it a fight, though, that excited you, I wonder? Because he's a guy that's challenged for a title, been around for a long time, so was this a name when you got it that you got fired up for? It? Yeah, it excited me a lot. You know, it caught me off guard at first, because I was going to actually text Sean that day and be like, hey, man, you know, I sent all these cards and I haven't heard from you, and I look at my phone right before I'm going to text him, he texts me, he's like, Gray Maynard. It's like... <laughs> I really hope he doesn't want me to go to 45 because that shit ain't happening. <laughs> like, but, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, w I was ecstatic about it. I was very happy. You know, I texted him right back and said, you know, you don't even got to ask me. You know? Of course, I I'm on the biggest card of the year ever, maybe. You know, I'm, I'm every everything in life is good like that. And, and, you know, when you do the right things in life, you're like, uh, sometimes you think you're never going to get there. You know, you think you get fucked everywhere you go, but if you just keep doing the right things, you know, stuff starts to work out. Nice, nice. Well, this would be a big moment for you for sure. Get back in the win column, over name, as you said, on the biggest car of the year. What's the goals right now? Give us the professional goals. I mean, are, are we talking, are, are you focused on championship runs? Are there names? Are there, what's what's the goal for you professionally? Well, the, the, 
it's it's not it's not championship runs. It's not any of these things. It's just to continue streaming together high quality fights, exciting, entertaining, and and giving the whole package because I can do that. And before I couldn't. Before I could just win fights. That's it. You know, and it, sometimes they weren't pretty, sometimes they were, sometimes they sucked, sometimes they were fun, you know, but I just, I could win fights. But now I can give you the whole package. And, 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 and I seem to be reversing the other way as far as age goes. So, I mean, I, I'm 34, but trust me, I got a long ass time in this sport. Right, so there, the Carney Nick Lentz. Uh, I'm torn on this oh, one. You got his nickname right. Come on, get out of here. I didn't get most of them right. <laughs> I'm just uh, no, Nick Lentz, man. I, I listen. I thought uh, number great. one. It was great to see the mood that he was in. Again, touched on that emotion of the, that his family had gone through. Um, you know, and a, a, a lot of people have been through that. Yeah. It's, it's not fun. Um, and, and to talk about where he is now was, was fantastic. And listen, his his just kind of understanding of the game and, and what it is. Right. You know, listen, I can win all day long, and that ain't it. You know, I got to be the whole package, and I feel like I am the whole package now, and I'm ready. Um, I thought that was cool. I'm torn because you know Gray Maynard. I love Gray Maynard, man. Like I said, long time Extreme Couture guy. Uh, you know, follow the the high points of his career, the low points of his career. Uh, I know this is an early fight past prelim, but. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm dialed in for this one. This is going to be a great fight. I think this is one of those fights. If it plays out how I imagine it could with these guys just going in there and literally rock them, sock them mode, this fight could probably steal a lot of thunder from a lot of the other fights as being one of the, like, probably the best fights of the night, which is great because it's very early on in the card. So Set that tone. Yeah, man, it could be, it could be great. But you're right. I mean, it, it's funny, like, just seeing Nick now from what Nick was – three two three years ago you know uh his openness you know i mean you definitely have a good rapport with him we walked over and yeah he lit up man he was he was in good spirits but even the interview in front of us he, he was doing a great job I, he embraces it he knows himself you know he's not uh he's not shy or embarrassed about things he, he embraces his faults and i think once you can embrace your faults and the way you are about this and that and you have a good strong sense of self you're just throwing it out there, and you don't yeah. care. And it seemed like he was sure of himself. He knew himself, and he knew what he wants, and he knows what his goals, and he knows where his faults are, and he's just good with it, you know. And in turn, was very open. And we never thought we'd get some of the stuff, and some of the stuff he said, I had no idea about. I didn't either. You know, so uh, that was great. But, no, I, I love talking to that dude, and it's hard to not want to – pull or pick for somebody gray's always been great too but after after nick's interview today i was just like fuck i got a, i got a homer for him for this one you know so <laughs> even against your las vegas brethren and gray Mayer, yeah. man. uh and then that leads to another interview which is funny again we're focusing on the early fight pass prelims but had a chance to talk to tony martin as well uh and, and tony martin you know quietly he's flown under the radar he kind of admits his career started off in a not-so-exciting manner, but he feels like he's made rapid improvements. He's now in the welterweight division. But I had to share this audio with you because, uh, man, he just lays it out there. And I'll just I'll just leave it at that. But he drops a couple lines in here that are pretty damn open and honest and uh, potentially revealing and pretty funny. It's not a, it's not a long interview, and, uh, and Tony keeps it real, so I, I thought you might want to hear that too. Well, I know you had the, the setback not too long ago, but 4-1, your last five, that's a nice little run, man. What do you feel like the, the key is to your success right now? I just think that physically and mentally I'm at the strongest I've ever been. And I just think that the move up to 170, 
is just going to be a dramatic change in my whole career. I think that not having to focus on my weight cut is going to be the difference between you know an up and coming and, and a true contender. I think that uh, mentally it was so draining getting down to 55, especially with that Ahmed Mercer fight where I took it on five weeks' notice. Is, you know, more than I look back on it, I'm like, oh, I regret the decision to take a five weeks notice when I was 195 pounds, you know. And, um, but it's also a blessing in disguise because it forced me to go to 170. You know, you think about one judge sees it different and I, I'm still fighting at 55, killing myself, feeling like crap, hating life. So I really think that at the end of the, you know, when my career is said and done, I think that that fight is going to be the really changing the trajectory of my career. And I think I should have moved up to 70 a while ago. And... I think the best of me is yet to come still. It's interesting because I feel like it's not a huge trend yet, but I feel like you are part of kind of this growing group of guys that's realizing this weight cut is, is not good. What does it take for you to get there and to accept that, you know, no, I can compete with these guys at 170? Yeah, well, honestly, what happened was when I first came in the UFC, I had no martial arts background. I was three years in the training. And I just, my skill set wasn't at like a high level yet. So I was like, I needed that weight advantage. Okay, so I was like, I need to cut this extra weight. I want to be the bigger man to try to wear on these guys and, and get the advantage I can. And now my skill set, I feel like, is an elite level. And I think that uh, that's why the move up to 170 made sense is where, you know, I, I also have a long frame, so I'm not going to get in there and, and have a reach disadvantage or a size disadvantage. They may be a little heavier than me, but I think uh, my skill set is at in a high, high level now, and I think that now is the time to, to make that move up. Talk about the matchup that you got here with Ryan. What, uh, when you got the name, what was your initial thought? Did, did you like it? What, what was your feel? Well, actually, I kind of knew that I was going to fight him right away is what I heard was that was the fight they wanted. They, for some reason, you know, Sean thinks that we're like the two most boring fighters in the UFC. This is what I heard. This is a true story. This isn't a joke. He's like, nah, these guys are, you know, the two most boring fighters, and pretty much he's going to try to weed us out, so the loser's done, you know, and... Uh, I talked to Ryan a little bit too. I think this is his last fight on his contract. So I, I don't know if they're probably going to resign him anyways. Um, and really, I think they just, I, I don't know what it is. I, so I got to go out there. I got to have a hell of a performance. And I wanted to fight right away. I didn't want to wait on the sidelines this long. This was way too long of a layoff. Especially, I was like, you know, I moved up to 70 to be active, to, to build momentum and to keep fighting. Um, so this five, six months kind of sucked waiting on the sidelines. And I was begging the UFC for fights, you know. And honestly, I think Sean don't like me. You know, I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know. I think we need to have like a grappling, have like a little grappling match or something. Just like, work it you out. know, just work it out a little bit, you know, get through the kinks um, and, and try to figure out what's going on. But really, you know, I do have the biggest opportunity, you know, just being on the biggest card where, yes, we're the first fight of the night, but there's still going to be more eyes on this card, you know, a, a lot more media press on this card. So this is my opportunity to, to really seize this opportunity and make the most of it. Are you entering the fight angry? I mean, when you hear something like that, like the UFC is kind of betting against you or something, are you are you, are you pissed off? I mean, I'm not pissed off. I'm not feeling a little disrespected just because I feel like you look at my first four fights and you're like, oh, this guy's not a, a high-level UFC-level fighter. You know? If you want to say I was a UFC-level fighter, then you look at my last five, I feel like you can look in there and you can see maybe a, a boring performance or something like that you want to call it. But you can also look in there and be like, this, this guy's got some real real skills and a, a real possibility of being a top-level fighter. And I think that uh, with Ryan, fighting Ryan, you know, he, he's a top-20 fighter. He was ranked top-15 two fights ago. Uh, and it gives me this opportunity to really showcase, hey, I'm a high-level fighter. 
you're not going to be a real contender in this division. Um, and then really, you know, people kept saying, oh, you got to find a fighter. Find us an opponent that you can destroy. So I told Sean, no, fuck you. Find an opponent you think is going to destroy me. And then let's find out, right? And that's why I was trying to fight. Hey, let's fight Mike Perry. Let's fight a Cowboy Cerrone. You know, they haven't given me any names like that. You know, they haven't given me an opportunity to be high on a card, fight a high-level name, or, or a guy that's going to really come out and try to take me out. Let's fight a guy like that. I'm not scared of that. I've, I've, I've welcomed opportunities like that. I've welcomed fights like that. Those guys don't scare me. Listen, I'm telling you right now, those guys are easy fights. You, the, the platform to beat a guy like a Mike Perry or, or Donald Cerrone has been laid out time and time again. It's just clean, crisp striking, aggressive boxing. And really, I think that, you know, that's the fight after I beat Ryan that I want. You know, I think that no other fight would make sense other than a high level, uh, a high spot on a top card or a top level 15 fighter. But <laughs> before I get too far ahead of myself, right? I got Ryan LaFleur that's a, a real, real tough fighter that, that I have to go out and put away. Right, so there, Tony Martin laying out saying, listen, uh, he thinks they put him against Ryan LaFleur because they're the two most boring fighters in the, on the roster, and he, and he thinks Sean Shelby hates him. So, <laughs> Got to grapple that shit out. <laughs> grapple that shit out. How great That's is that? He's like, I want to get him on the mat. Let's work it out. This is going to be a good fight. I think this is a good fight. I mean, I like LaFleur. I, I do, mean, too. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure who's telling him that they're, like, boring fighters. I would – I don't – think that Sean or somebody's going to be like, bro, you guys' <laughs> fights suck, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, he might just have some people around him, you know, chirping his ear, maybe giving him wrong information. But I think that fight's going to be a good fight to get it started. So I do. It's a it's a good early prelims card. Man. I think this card is going to be fun. I mean, I know we say that a lot, but usually when we point it out that we think it's going to be fun, it's because we're right. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's cool. I think the UFC put together a really nice card top to bottom when in reality, anytime you know Conor McGregor's on a card, you could probably just put one fight on there and not worry about it. But I think they put some pretty intriguing matchups on here. And yeah, so, so I agree. I'm, I'm excited agree. about it. All right, well, listen, it's been a busy one. It's getting late. we got to get up for official weigh-ins in the morning. Let's <sighs> keep our fingers crossed and knock on wood. Uh, nothing goes wrong in the morning. Uh, hopefully by the time this podcast gets to everybody, we haven't found out that the entire event has been scrapped for some <laughs> poor reason. Uh, ceremonials, that we'll have that in the afternoon. Uh, Quintet, five, uh, Quintet 3, by the way, yep. uh, is here in Las Vegas. Uh, it's on UFC Fight Pass. We had a chance to talk to Kazushi Sakuraba, which was a true honor earlier this week. Um, and I think the event is going to be phenomenal. Really wanted to attend it, and, and still may. I'm still trying to figure things out. Um, but I got to say, uh, we did also get an invitation to uh, Nimarov, which is the UFC's new official vodka, and they're hosting a party. And it's not that that's what interests me. Uh, it's just that TJ Dillashaw, Kevin Lee, and Forrest Griffin will be there giving interviews. And at the end of the day, we're all about capturing content for <laughs> MMA Junkie. Right. And if that means that some vodka is being poured along right. the way – I mean, we'll sacrifice because that's the type of guys we, we are. We it. take it for the team. Uh, so if, if you're not going to be at the vodka party, I definitely suggest you tune in to Quintet 3. Um, I'm, I'm into it. I'm at least going to be watching the replay on Fight Pass. And who knows? Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll go warm up at the party and then we'll go, go see a little Quintet too. You never know. You never know. And if you guys need more information on the Quintet stuff, you can find that at quintet-fight.com. In a, uh, slash en if you want the English. The concept's cool. Misha Tate's going to be on, on, cool. the, on the on the on the uh, call with uh, Sean Wheelock. But bottom line, if you haven't heard, 
it's five-man teams. Uh, they have to weigh. The total team has to weigh under a certain amount. So right. you can play with that the way you want. You can have big guys, small guys. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, remember Nintendo ice hockey back in the day or whatever? You could, ha- you could have like a skinny guy, a medium guy, a fat right, guy, right, whatever. Right. You know? It's like that. You can mix right. and match your team. And then what's cool about it is you, you submit your order without anybody knowing what everybody else's order is. Um, you submit your bout order, basically, your team order. And uh, that's how the matches go. But the winner stays on the mat. So, uh, again, it's going to be Uriah Faber versus Kazushi Sakuraba is one that we're guaranteed to get. But whoever wins stays on and could end up fighting a bigger guy after that. Right. You know, you could end up potentially having, which I think everybody's praying happens, you could potentially have Uriah Faber versus Josh Barnett just to see which the ridiculousness of it. They did switch it up. If you know, if you saw the list, it was they supposed to be Barnett, Barnett to number was supposed three. to be two. Yeah. yeah so they, then it was like, okay, there could be a possibility. But making it through two guys, that's that's gonna be that's that'd be a tough. big ass for your right favorite. But tough, it's possible. It's tough. And here's what I what's what's cool as well. So then um, it's a four team tournament. Um, but then when you when you go to the next round, uh, you have to flip your order and you have to go the other way. Gotcha. Uh, so one, instead of one through five, you go five through one. So you have to be careful the way you pick your team. It's not like you can just say, "Well, we've got this stud grappler, we're gonna stick him at number Start one." Him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because then you know. At the, he's he's the last guy. The next round, it looks like to me what everybody tries to do is put their 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 ace at number three. Uh-huh. You know, so you're kind of you're kind of right in the middle both ways. But so it's Barnett's a cool concept. Ace. I think it's fun. I mean, I, I get that grappling isn't MMA, um, but I, for something about this concept, it's it's uh, it's kind of fun. It's different. So yeah, it's watch that. We'll be watching as well. We just may not be watching from uh, cage side because. It's these interviews and 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 some got to be getting the interviews. Got to get the interviews. Yeah, yeah. All right. In the meantime, <laughs> we got to get out of here. We got to get some sleep. Early weigh-ins. Thanks for listening.